In the last two years, Canada's economy has been on a wild ride, largely due to inflation. You know, inflation surged in 2021 and 2022. It went as high as 8.1% year over year. That was kind of peak in 2022. Mark Rendell is a journalist with The Globe's report on business. He covers the Bank of Canada. It's come down a lot. You know, in December, the annual rate of inflation was 3.4%. Inflation has dropped a lot, but it's still not at 2%, where the Bank of Canada would like it to be. Shedding that last 1.4% may not seem like a big deal, but it actually is. And the reason it matters and the reason why we're all talking about it is because the Bank of Canada has raised interest rates a ton to get inflation under control. They raised it 10 times and they've essentially held it at a level at 5% since last July. And so the question on everybody's mind is, you know, when is that going to start coming down? When are we going to see some relief on mortgage payments? Uh, when are those interest rates going to start, you know, coming down and stimulating the economy? And the answer to that question uh, is tied to the question of, you know, how long does this last mile of inflation take? Today, Mark is going to tell us about this last mile of inflation and explain what major challenges are ahead for the economy, the Bank of Canada, and Canadians. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Mark, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. All right, so let's let's back up a little bit, Mark, and and look at where we are at with inflation. So, as you said, we've gone from a high of eight point one percent inflation in twenty twenty two. We've got three point four percent now. What's going on here? What's been bringing it down since then? Yeah, so the story of the rise of inflation in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two was a story of goods prices. It was a story of oil prices. It was a story of all of these global factors that were really driving up prices. And we can think back to during the pandemic, you know, when everybody was locked at home, they couldn't spend on restaurants, couldn't spend on travel. Everybody wanted to buy exercise equipment, computers, furniture, that kind of stuff. Stuff you could enjoy at home. Yeah, exactly. So you had this huge surge in demand away from services towards goods. Uh, At the same time, you had all of these kinks kind of appearing in global supply chains because everybody, you know, wanted to ship all that equipment from China to, you know, the United States and Canada. You got this big backlog in shipping containers, transportation prices absolutely surged, shortages of goods. So that that rise in prices at the beginning that really drove inflation up was this good story. So that's an oil price story, right? Oil prices collapsed in the beginning of the pandemic. They rebounded. And then after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, they absolutely skyrocketed. So you had this this kind of twin uh, oil prices, goods prices driving it up. Now, those things have largely reversed. You know, that kind of all hit a peak, peak inflation for goods, peak inflation for uh, energy prices in mid-2022. And so a lot of the disinflation we've seen, a lot of this like road from 8.1% back to 3.4% has been a story of supply chains improving, oil prices mm-hmm. coming back down, all of that. So, so those are kind of a, lo- a lot of global factors, right? You're talking about supply chain, shipping, like those were things that we were seeing kind of everywhere. Then. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And part of it is like when you look across a whole range of countries, inflation followed a very similar track. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the economic growth picture is being quite different country to country, a lot of this path up and then back down in inflation has has been, again, driven by these global factors. So the question is, then what's left of inflation? And the answer is, well, it's now largely a domestic story. And this is also why you you get to the question of, will this last mile be hard? Like, Will it be harder than what we've seen so far for inflation? And what do I mean by a domestic story? It means that 
Uh, inflation right now is primarily in services rather than goods. So service prices are increasing rapidly. Uh, it's tied very much to wages, the pace of wage growth uh, in Canada right now. And it's also a question of you know overall demand in the Canadian economy um, is part of the story as well. So you've had this shift from all these global factors driving inflation to this last mile being primarily a question of uh, domestic factors, um, which can be quite a lot more difficult uh, mm. for a central bank to tackle than just you know watching oil prices come back down and container shipping prices come back down. Yeah. And so you said it's it's more into services than goods. Can you give us an example of a service? Like what's the difference there? Yeah. Think about goods as the things that you buy, you know, the furniture, food. Food is a non-durable good. You eat it, but it's still a good. Um, services are those things uh, that you pay for that you're not, um, you know, it's not a physical thing. Okay. Okay. So then, Mark, like if we're looking at the big picture here, we've got this final mile of inflation that we have to get through. What are the the economic indicators that are important to the Bank of Canada that they're watching? So at a very high level, the Bank of Canada wants to see the whole Canadian economy slow down. It's kind of one of these funny things, like you think the Bank of Canada is on your side and yeah, they are, but ultimately, you know, their goal is price stability and they're willing to slow down the economy to get to price stability. Hmm. That's fundamentally how interest rates work, right? You raise interest rates, that increases the cost of debt, increases the cost of borrowing. Homeowners with mortgages are putting more money towards their mortgage. What that's fundamentally doing is slowing down consumer spending, it's slowing down business investment, and the theory is that reduces demand for goods and services and slows down prices. Mm. So what they're looking for, again, is that broad-based slowdown in the economy. And we've seen that. We have essentially since last summer, uh, perhaps even earlier in last year, economic growth in Canada has stalled. It's flatlined. GDP isn't growing very rapidly at all. Unemployment has started to tick up. Uh, job postings are coming down, you know, companies aren't hiring as many. So that broad-based slowdown that the Bank of Canada is trying to achieve is essentially in place. But they're also looking at a bunch of other indicators to try to tell them, you know, will these inflationary pressures be persistent? And to look at that, they're looking beyond that, that generalized slowdown. They're looking at things like the pace of wage growth. Mm. They're looking at people's beliefs about future inflation, because if workers believe that inflation is going to be five, six percent in a year or two's time, they're going to go in there and ask employers for that higher wage settlement. If businesses believe inflation is going to be high, that's going to affect their price setting behavior. So there are a number of things that the Bank of Canada has not necessarily seen come back to line to where they want it to be. Okay, so I think this is what we should be focused on then, the stuff that has not quite gotten down. Um, let, let's dive into this and look at the the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, Mark, which is uh, essentially, this is what we talk about when we're talking about inflation. This is like the basket of goods that that we keep track of, the price of those goods. Uh, so what is happening when we look at core inflation, when you take out the things that fluctuate a lot, like gas and food prices? Yeah, so core inflation is a really important idea for the Bank of Canada. And when you look at core measures of inflation, the ones that the Bank of Canada likes the most, they've essentially been stuck in that 3.5 to 4% range for about a year. They're pretty range bound. Like they, they're going up, they're going down a little bit but they haven't come down dramatically. And that's fundamentally what the Bank of Canada is looking at alongside those other indicators I mentioned earlier. You know, they want to see these metrics that capture these underlying pressures in the economy start to trend down from, you know, 3.5% back down towards that 2%. Now, they don't need inflation to get all the way back to 2% before they start cutting interest rates. Mm. 
monetary policy works famously with long and variable lags, as economists like to say. Uh, what that means is if I raise interest rates now or I cut interest rates now, it's going to take many quarters to see the impact of that change. So if the Bank of Canada waits for inflation to get all the way back to 2%, it's going to have overshot. It's going to have hurt the economy more than it needed to. Inflation is going to be below the 2% target. It's a bit of prediction that's happening here. When to jump in. Exactly it. Exactly it. So it doesn't need that core inflation measure or overall inflation to be all the way back to 2%, but it needs to be pretty confident that that number is on a downward track. And so that's one of the key kind of pieces of data mm -hmm. that they're tracking. We'll be back in a minute. I guess it comes back to the like, why are we getting stuck here? Like we talked a little bit about the cost of services, but what else is, is causing this? So the biggest driver of uh, inflation today is actually the shelter component of inflation, housing costs. And they're going up very rapidly. And there's a bunch of things in the shelter component of consumer price index inflation. There's rents. Rents are going up very rapidly right now, you know, 7% year over year in December. Uh, there's the mortgage interest cost part of it. So that is the amount that people pay on their monthly mortgages. That's gone up a lot. Now, that's that's kind of funny piece of the uh, puzzle because mortgage costs are directly tied to the Bank of Canada's own interest rate decisions, right? right. When they hike interest rates, that pushes up the amount that people pay uh, on a monthly basis. And mortgage interest costs are up 30% or roughly 30% year over year. So that's a huge driver of the shelter component of inflation. Bank Canada is not necessarily worried about that because it has direct control over uh, essentially what happens to mortgage interest costs. When it starts lowering interest rates, uh, that will bring down mortgage costs as well. That's a direct result that will happen there. It's exactly it. Uh, house prices aren't directly captured in uh, the shelter component of the CPI. StatsCan treats homes as an asset rather than a, um, a good or a service. But there's ways in which uh, they can come to kind of a proxy for house prices, and it, it ends up in the, the shelter part of the index. Um, so the biggest thing is the rent part of the story, right? That's the bit that's not directly in the Bank of Canada's control like mortgage costs are. Mm. And that is tied to uh, you know structural imbalances in the housing market. So that is tied to very rapid population growth, you know, a very high level of international students, temporary foreign workers. Uh, population of Canada grew by well over a million over the past year. Uh, so that's a very high demand for rental units coming into the market. At the same time, we have, you know, perennial problems with housing supply. There just aren't enough homes being built. So, so it's been literally just like not enough supply, too much demand. That's exactly it. Members of the Bank of Canada, Tiff Macklem, the governor, has made a number of remarks in the past couple of weeks saying, look, Monetary policy isn't going to solve the housing affordability problem. We need governments to step in and, you know, do more to improve home supply because simply raising interest rates or cutting interest rates isn't going to do what needs to be done to get, you know, the housing market back into balance. Hmm. Okay, but so I, I I understand that, and I can see. So he's saying, you know, they can't affect this this whole uh, slew of factors, especially rent. But as you said, they can affect mortgage rates, right? So, I mean, why not just cut rates then? If that'll at least drop mortgage interest payments and and possibly get builders to build more housing because it'll cost less. Like, why not just do that at least? Yeah, they're in a real pickle on this one because you know, if you as soon as you start cutting interest rates, house prices are going to go off. As soon as they even as soon as there's even a whiff of rate cuts coming, hmm. people are going to jump back into the market. Uh, we saw this last spring when they announced uh, you know, a quote-unquote conditional pause 
on raising interest rates and the real estate market just took off and they ended up actually having to raise interest rates two more times last summer. So, you know, they're facing other binds too, like high interest rates are cooling demand for housing, but they're also affecting supply because developers are less likely to build buildings uh, if their costs are higher, if the cost of borrowing is higher, you know, demand, one of the big things developers need is, you know, to they're looking for pre-sales of condos and things like that, but pre-sales have collapsed. So it's one of these interesting things where they're trying to balance the supply side and the demand side. They're trying to take that demand out of the market by keeping rates high, but they also risk you know, choking off supply of new homes, which they have said quite explicitly, the only thing that is going to solve housing affordability problems long-term in Canada is a big increase in housing supply. Hmm. This makes me wonder, like, there is such high demand for, for housing in, in this country, especially in certain pockets of the country. Like, isn't I guess, isn't the rush to the housing market going to happen no matter when the Bank of Canada cuts rates, Mark? Like, does it matter if they cut them now or later? Like, isn't aren't we still going to see that rush to the housing market? I think the answer is probably yes. I mean, we've already seen a uh, jump in sales in some major markets in Toronto, Vancouver, elsewhere. Again, people have been sitting on the sidelines waiting for mortgage rates to come down, right? Mm. It's very difficult if you want, if you're a would-be home buyer, you don't own a home and you want to get into the market, it's very difficult to qualify for mortgage at these higher rates right now. Uh, So, you know, a lot of, you talk to a lot of real estate people and they're expecting this rebound in demand as interest rates come down. And it's not just the mechanical, you know, dropping of interest rates, making mortgages affordable. There's also a psychological component, right? People have been waiting to see if the bank's going to raise interest rates further because that theoretically could lead to another leg down in home prices. And they don't want to be caught. You don't want to be the guy who goes out and buys a house today. Mm. Bank of Canada raises interest rates another 1% and house prices drop $200,000 from what you just purchased at. So there's been this uh, sense in the market that people are waiting to see um, rates stabilize and then start to come back down before re-entering the market. Uh, The Bank of Canada had said pretty explicitly in January, uh, further interest rates are quite unlikely. It really is a question now of how long do they hold them steady and then they start cutting. And that is already leading to people, you know, bustling to get into the real estate market. And of course, if they're while they're waiting and biding their time, they're still in the rental market, which is putting more pressure on the rental market. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's more than just the population growth story uh, that's driving up rents. It is also the fact that if you're a young person who may otherwise be a home buyer and you can't buy a home right now because mortgage rates are very high, you're going to stay in the rental market for longer. So that's, again, putting more pressure on the rental market, uh, pushing up rents. Yeah. Okay, so Mark, there's a lot happening with housing and inflation, uh, but I also want to ask you about wages because some people have been seeing raises in the last few years. So I'm wondering what kind of effect is that having on, on this last little bit, this last mile of inflation? Wage growth is a huge component that the Bank of Canada is looking at right now. Wages have been rising at around 4 to 5% you know, for more than the past year. Now, that's great news if you're a worker. Um, throughout the inflation surge, people really saw their earnings whittled away, right? Inflation was rising faster than their earnings. Um, so this rebound in or pickup in wages uh, over the past year is great news. It's great mm. news if you're a worker. Uh, it's not great news if you're a central banker because central bankers uh, don't really think you can have wages grow at 4 to 5% uh, and also have 2% inflation. 
you essentially need productivity to pick up quite a lot per worker if you're going to get wage growth at that kind of pace without inflation coming in. Okay, so let's explain that just a little bit here. So how does how does productivity play into this? Yeah, so productivity is is its output per worker, right? Mm. And if labor costs are growing very rapidly, you know, if if wages are going up rapidly, but individual workers are also producing more, you know, companies don't necessarily have to pass those higher labor costs along to their end customers. They're not going to necessarily increase their prices. If, however, you know, labor costs are going up and companies aren't making more money because their individual employees aren't becoming more productive, you know, for a while they can absorb those extra labor costs in their profit margins, but eventually they're going to go, okay, we need to raise prices. We need to um, push prices up. Okay, so if wages are growing, companies are not producing more, but they're paying more for their workers, then eventually they're going to pass that cost on to the end consumer. And that is what the Bank of Canada is worried about then. That's exactly it. What is inflation? Inflation is increasing prices, right? So if you have uh, a lot of prices that are rising pretty rapidly because businesses are passing along increased labor costs, you're going to get inflation. Now, Part of the wage growth issue is, again, it's people catching up for past inflation. It's not necessarily a sign of future inflation. Um, but there are, you know, there are some signs. The labor market is weakening. Job uh, postings have dropped. Unemployment's moving up. Uh, when you look at business surveys, they're saying, yeah, we're probably not going to be raising wages as much over the next year. So there are a number of things, signals that suggest that wage pressures may not be as strong going forward, which, mm. again, good for central bankers. Uh, maybe not so good for workers. Yeah. I guess the other option is businesses could eat that cost and not pass that on to the consumer, but they, they could not do that. likely. <laughs> well, they could do that. But, uh, but again, a business is only going to compress its profit margin so much before it raises prices. Hmm. So, Mark, we've talked about a lot of things, but what are experts saying about how feasible getting this last mile down is? Like, when might inflation actually get down to 2% in Canada? That's the million-dollar question. <laughs> uh, people expect inflation to keep trending down. It's really a question of how long is it going to take. Bank of Canada's latest projections sees inflation hovering around 3% until the middle of the year, coming back down to around 2.5% by the end of the year, and then back to the 2% target next year. Uh, now, there could be a number of upside surprises that could keep inflation higher for longer. You know, If you do see this surge in the real estate market in the spring, uh, that could make a difference. There's a bunch of, as much as these global supply chain issues uh, have very much improved over the last two years. Uh, there are new things uh, that are emerging. Uh, shipping costs are going back up again because of attacks on shipping in the Red Sea. Oil prices again could surge if there is a major geopolitical shock in the Middle East. Uh, the flip side, and on the other side of it, mm -hmm. is you could see inflation come down much quicker than people expect. If it turns out the high interest rates do plunge the Canadian economy into a recession, which they haven't done yet, uh, the bank end is going to start cutting interest rates pretty quickly. Inflation is going to come down more rapidly. Uh, what does all this mean for when the Bank of Canada might actually cut interest rates? It really comes down, as we were saying, to, to you know, what happens in the broader economy. Um, you know, markets are always trying to bet on when an interest rate is going to come. Mm. Uh, you know, last fall, kind of near the end of last fall, everybody got really excited that central banks were about to pivot. Everybody thought the Fed would start cutting in March. You know, Bank of Canada would start cutting in April. Uh, that's being reversed. A lot of that kind of narrative has been reversed because we've seen some stronger than expected GDP data. Inflation's ticked up a little bit. So right now, you know, the going bet on Bay Street is that the Bank of Canada will make its first rate cut in June. Uh, some economists are now saying eh, it might 
even wait a little bit longer. You had a former uh, deputy governor of the Bank of Canada come out uh, last week and say he thought a July rate cut might be more likely. The best bet is sometime around the middle of the year. But again, it could be earlier. We could see an April cut if uh, the data you know, weakens very rapidly. Uh, we could see the Bank of Canada sitting on their hands until you know, late summer or maybe even early in the fall. It really is at this point, it's a question about um, what happens to the inflation data, what happens to the economic growth data, uh, and how that all comes together. And the Bank of Canada has said pretty explicitly, you know, we just don't have enough information yet. We're sitting on our hands, we're on hold, uh, we're probably not going to raise rates, but uh, we don't want to cut them yet until we're more confident, until we have some assurance that we're, we're there. Uh, and that really is a, you know, it's a wait and see, watch the data kind of thing. Mark, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Adrian Chung is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.